The following podcast was made possible by the sponsorship of Teresa Leong Lee and by Catholic Digital Resources, where you can find downloadable faith formation resources and evangelization tools. Visit Catholic Digital Resources at CatholicDR.com to build your own faith and the faith of others. That's CatholicDR.com. Good News Ministries of GNM.org presents Footsteps to Heaven. Life's a journey full of challenges. Sometimes we get stalled. Sometimes we get sidetracked. When we walk with Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit to the destination that God the Father designed for us, the results are better than we could ask for or imagine. And now, here is your host, Terry Modica. Today, I would like to bring some healing to your heart. I would like to bring to you the healing that comes from Jesus, from his sacred heart to your precious heart. Because you know what? Your heart is very precious to him. Your feelings in your heart of suffering, of pain, of hopes, of dreams, of joys, of everything that we say goes on in the heart, the heart of our being, the heart of our soul, the heart of our life, that center of us. This is where the Lord Jesus wants to dwell more fully so that he can heal you more fully and so that he can help your dreams come true, the dreams that God the Father has planted in you, and so that Jesus can help you to become the saint that the Father has designed you to be and the Holy Spirit is empowering you to be, so that Jesus' sacred heart is alive in you, and so that others can see and are evangelized by the presence of the sacred heart of Jesus in you. I'm going to share with you something that happened to me a long time ago regarding the sacred heart of Jesus. I was a young Catholic, a young mother, and the Sacred Heart of Jesus was not something that I was very familiar with. I'd heard about it. I'd seen holy cards of it. I'd seen statues of it. But I was raised Protestant. In my particular branch of Protestantism, I never heard the phrase Sacred Heart of Jesus. So when I became Catholic, I just thought, oh, it's a nice little you know, people have a devotion to this picture on a holy card. You know, this image of Jesus having a heart that is worn on the outside of his chest and it's got flames coming from it and it's got a crown of thorns around it. Uh, it's a nice image. It's a nice symbolism. Well, one day, while I was going to daily Mass, after Mass was finished, when I was getting ready to leave, I felt Jesus say to me, Stay. Don't leave yet. Come and kneel before the tabernacle. Come and worship and talk to me in front of the tabernacle. For anybody listening to this who isn't Catholic, the tabernacle is where the sacred body of Jesus is kept. The Eucharist that is not used up at the Mass is kept in this gold tabernacle, this little temple within the church. The actual presence of Jesus, the actual body of Jesus in the form of bread. In my case, you know, where I live, it, it's a wafer. Well, in obedience, I went to 
the tabernacle and I knelt. I was feeling embarrassed about it because I'd never done anything this publicly demonstrative before. You know, there were some people who were still lingering behind after mass to pray and and I was feeling very self-conscious going over to the tabernacle and kneeling, but in obedience I did it. And as soon as I knelt down, I suddenly saw in my mind's eye Jesus coming out of the tabernacle, Jesus standing in front of me. And Jesus had his hands on his outer garment and he began to open his outer garment. And it reminded me of Superman. You know, when Superman is going to somebody's rescue, he's dressed as Clark Kent and he runs and he's heading off to help the person he needs to help and he grabs his outer garments, his Clark Kent suit, and he rips open that outer garment and you see the big S that stands for Superman. And of course he then finishes taking off the outer garments and Superman flies off to the rescue. That's what came to my mind when I had this image of Jesus pulling apart his outer garments. But what I saw in there was I knew it was going to be the Sacred Heart. Something told me I was he was about to reveal to me his Sacred Heart. And what I expected, what I fully consciously expected, was to see what I had seen in Holy Cards. I expected it to be a nice static symbol of you know, a heart with flames coming out of the top of it and a crown of thorns around it. But that's not what I saw. That's not what Jesus showed me. What he showed me was his beating, pumping heart. No flames coming out of it. No crown of thorns around it. His real heart, his heart of love, his heart that was full of love. I mean, oh, it was a exploding with love. It was it was just pouring forth from him, and I was I could feel a piece of that strength. I'm sure that if I had felt the fullness of the love that was coming from that heart, I probably would have gone into ecstasy and levitated or something because because there is more love in the heart of Jesus than we can imagine. There is more love in the heart of Jesus than any of us have felt. No matter how much, even if you've ever been in a state of ecstasy being filled with the love coming from Christ, it's even more than that. And he has that much love for you and for every person that you're worried about, every person that you care about, every person that you're praying for. And what Jesus showed me in that vision was that his heart, his sacred heart, is alive. It is still alive. Jesus, who ascended to heaven after the resurrection, had a human body still. His human body was resurrected. His human body ascended into heaven. And although he is fully divine, he is still also, still also fully human. And that divine human heart of Jesus is still pumping. And it pumps, every beat of that heart is pumping with love for you. It's pumping with love for everyone including the people that you don't like, including the people that I don't like. 
It is pumping with love because it cares. Jesus cares more than you and I can imagine. Let me ask you this question. What causes the sacred heart of Jesus to break? Well, in what ways are you suffering? Jesus is suffering with you. In what ways are you broken-hearted? Jesus is broken-hearted with you. The causes of your pain, the causes of your suffering, the causes, you know, the, the times you've been hurt, the times that someone has broken your heart, the times that you have been stressed out, the times you felt alone and abandoned and rejected, the times when you've been persecuted. All of these pains are breaking Jesus' heart because he cares about you. More than you can imagine, he cares about you. The principle about Jesus suffering with you is evident in Matthew chapter 25, verse 44. This, by the way, this is the parable of the separating of the sheep from the goats. You know, those who are getting to heaven and those who are not. My point in sharing this right now is not to talk about who gets to heaven and who doesn't. It's to talk about how Jesus unites himself to us, how he identifies himself with us. It shows us that those who are condemned say to Jesus, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or see you as a stranger or naked or sick or in person and did not minister to you? You could reword that into the person who has hurt you most saying, Lord, when have I done, let's say the person who hurt you most is somebody who sexually abused you or abused you in any way, bullied you, whatever you can identify with. Think of the worst thing that someone has done to you and imagine that person dying and coming face to face with Jesus in an unrepentant state. I'm not saying that they are going to die in an unrepentant state, but just for this spiritual exercise right now, imagine it. And they say to Jesus, when have I sexually abused you? When have I bullied you? You got to let me into heaven because I've not done any of these things to you. And Jesus says in verse 45, I'm telling you, whatever you did for the least one of these who believe in me, who follow me, who the least person on earth, anyone, Anyone, no one is beneath being deserving of my love and of your love. This is what Jesus would be saying to this person who has hurt you. Whatever you did to this friend of mine, you have done to me. Now we hope and we pray that those who have hurt us will be repentant when they come face to face with Jesus so that they will get into heaven. And we actually hope and pray that they will become repentant a long time before that, even today. But let's focus on right now, not what they have done to you, but what Jesus is saying to you, what Jesus is doing in you. And that is he is giving you his precious sacred heart, uniting your pain to himself. He is broken hearted over the ways you have been hurt, 
the ways you have been abused, the ways you have been bullied, the ways that someone has broken your heart. He, too, is brokenhearted. Another way that the Sacred Heart of Jesus gets broken is when someone is misled by the lies and deceptions of Satan, when someone is led into sin, when someone is led into false teachings, when someone is pulled away from salvation. How have you been misled? How have you been misled into Satan's territory? What deceptions have ensnared you? What deceptions are you believing? What ideas of the world are you still clinging to because they seem right? They feel right. It's what you want to be right. These deceptions and how they are affecting you your soul, and your life, and the people around you. These deceptions are breaking Jesus' sacred heart. He is broken-hearted over every lie we believe, over every deception we succumb to, over every false teaching that we believe over every worldly way that we give ourselves over to. Why does it break his heart? Because we're being disobedient to the ways of God and the teachings of the church? Yes, but much more than that. He's brokenhearted because he sees what we cannot see. He sees how we are hurting ourselves, and he sees how we are hurting others. He sees the damage And he cries over that. He weeps over that. His sacred heart is bleeding over that because his sacred heart is broken. Everything that we do that Satan is pleased with breaks Jesus' heart. In Mark chapter 9, verse 42, Jesus says, If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, If anyone causes those who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. In other words, it breaks Jesus' heart so much when we stumble into Satan's territory, when we fall into sin. Those who have led us into sin are doing the worst possible thing they could to us. And if we are doing it to ourselves, if we are choosing to sin, we're leading ourselves into the wrong direction because we've been taught differently. The Holy Spirit is in us trying to pull us towards God, the Father, and towards heaven, and instead we choose the ways of the world. When we do that to ourselves, it grieves Jesus so much. It's the same grief that we can see in this scripture. It would be better if a millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea, not because Jesus doesn't care about that person who has misled us, because he grieves over them too. But this is an expression, this verse is an expression of just how much Jesus cares. Have you ever been so brokenhearted that what happened, the thing that broke your heart, made you angry? Not 
necessarily, I'm not talking about the anger of, I'm so mad, I'm not, I can't forgive that person, you know, I, I, I'm just so upset because of what has been done to me. But the anger of, ah, Satan has got away with something again. Ah, this evil that's, that's happening here, it is so not right. It is so evil. I hate the evil. I forgive the person who is doing this to me, but I hate that evil. That's the anger that Jesus is expressing in this scripture. Jesus is brokenhearted with the anger of hating the evil that has been done to you. And which of your loved ones have been rejecting the Christian faith and Christian morality? In Matthew chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, Jesus gives this parable. He says, If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go out to search for the one who is lost? And if he finds that one, truly I tell you, he rejoices more over that one sheep than over the ninety-nine that did not go astray. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. And because Jesus and the Father are one, Jesus' sacred heart is not willing for any of the little ones, any of the sheep, you and me and everybody that you're concerned about, everybody that you're praying for, everybody who you know who is not following Christ, who is not heading to heaven, who is living the ways of the world, who is not filled with the Holy Spirit, even though they're following Christ and, and not having a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, they are doing things that are hurtful to their salvation, hurtful to their lives, hurtful to their, their, their joy, hurtful to the kingdom of God and to the world because they are not doing what they are being called to do. You know, there's so many ripple effects. There's so many things that happen when we are not fully in the kingdom of God, alive in the Holy Spirit, doing what God wants us to do, following Christ, united to Christ, united to the sacred heart of Christ. There is so much ripple effect of what is not right, what is not going right that it breaks the heart of Jesus and it should be breaking our heart too. But getting back to the scripture from Matthew 18, notice the rejoicing that happens. He says, when he finds that lost sheep, he rejoices over that one sheep than all the others that never went astray. This is a peek inside the sacred heart of Jesus. This is a peek inside how important it is to Jesus and his feelings, how he feels about those who go astray. The angst, you can imagine. Well, let me put it this way. What is the angst that you feel when you think about the person that you've been praying for, that you've been frustrated about because that person is not following Christ. That person's not going to church. That person is caught up in the ways of the world, caught up in the lies of Satan. 
and the traps of Satan. What angst do you feel? Jesus feels that same angst. You are sharing in the angst of Jesus, except he feels it a gazillion times bigger than you do. That's his sacred heart. And when somebody allows him to pick up that that lost person, when somebody allows Jesus to pick them up and take them back to the sheepfold, rescuing them from the world and from the lies that they've been believing, when they allow Jesus to do that, Jesus is ecstatic. Jesus' sacred heart is rejoicing. And his angst over this person has turned to extreme joy. That's the sacred heart of Jesus that is beating all the time for the person you've been praying for. Now let me ask you this. We've been talking about what breaks the heart of Jesus. So let me ask this. What happens when the sacred heart of Jesus breaks? It bleeds. You know, the heart is broken open and it bleeds. Jesus is still bleeding today. Don't let that blood go to waste. Don't let the blood that drips from the heart of his love, his extreme radical love, don't let it go to waste. Yes, he's broken hearted. But we can do something. Jesus doesn't just let his suffering be suffering, you know, by itself, without being redemptive. He gives us the opportunity to use that precious blood that is dripping from his broken heart. Instead of letting it fall to the ground and do nothing, we can use that precious blood. We can with our heartfelt prayers, send his precious blood to those who have hurt us. We can, with our prayers, send his precious blood to those who have been rejecting Jesus, to those who have been living and believing the lies of the world, those who are caught up in the traps of Satan. With your heartfelt prayers, send his precious blood to those who have hurt you and cover them with it. And cover yourself with his precious blood for your protection against the lies and snares of the devil. Protect yourself from giving Jesus another broken heart. Protect yourself from succumbing to the lies of Satan. Part of that is asking the Holy Spirit to fill you and to enlighten you because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Truth and He will clear up every lie that you believe. I learned this when I converted to Christ in the Catholic Church, through the Catholic Church, because of the Catholic Church, because of Jesus in the Eucharist in the Catholic Mass. And that's a story for another day. But I had been, for seven years prior to that, believing the lies of Satan in the occult, because I'd been very involved in the occult, and in other ways, ways that had been brought up in Protestantism, and, you know, for example, in believing that abortion was not murder, 
not killing a child, just killing, you know, a, a blob of tissue, and other lies that I believed. When I came into a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, filled me with the belief in the truth that knocked out the lies of Satan, knocked them right out of my head. Yes, I still remember them, but they no longer had a hold on me. And boy, did the sacred heart of Jesus rejoice over that. And my last question, what heals the sacred heart of Jesus? Forgiveness. The first step is forgiveness. Forgive those who have caused you to suffer. That heals the sacred heart of Jesus. That is healing balm for the wounds of Jesus. And go to the sacrament of confession to ask Jesus to forgive you for the ways that you have broken his heart. This sacrament is very healing. It heals your relationship with Christ and it heals his sacred heart. Forgiveness is very healing even when the person who has hurt you is not seeking forgiveness because it heals you. It sets you free from the chains that bind you to their sin. And this too causes Jesus to rejoice because he is so happy to see you being set free from those chains. When we forgive others, we are setting ourselves free. We are entering into the healing that Jesus wants to give to us. And the second step to heal the Sacred Heart of Jesus is to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the blessings that come from the hardships you've been having. In other words, how can Jesus turn your sufferings into something redemptive? His sufferings are always redemptive. And in uniting our sufferings to his sufferings, they become redemptive. And one way that they are redemptive is for us to find the blessing that's in them. What can we learn from this suffering? How does God the Father console us? What has strengthened us? How have we grown stronger? How have we grown wiser? because of the sufferings we've been through. And the third step to healing the Sacred Heart of Jesus is to turn what we have learned into ministry. It fully becomes redemptive when we unite ourselves to the mission of Christ. His suffering that he did over 2,000 years ago was for the sake of taking people with him to heaven. How can our sufferings be turned into ministry that somehow is united to the mission of Christ? Anything that you can do that has a permanent eternal effect is uniting yourself and what you're doing to the mission of Christ and the mission of salvation. For example, if you see someone else suffering the same way that you have suffered, help them find healing. Share with them your story. Share with them how Jesus has healed you. Share with them what you have learned from it, the blessings you've received from it. That is doing ministry. 
And in whatever ways you are able to help that person, it's going to have an eternal effect. And this is healing them and it is healing at the same time the sacred heart of Jesus, which has been broken for them. And now let us pray. Come Holy Spirit, fill me. Come Holy Spirit, use me. Come Holy Spirit, help me to be healed. Help me to heal the sacred heart of Jesus. Help me to heal the hearts of others. Come Holy Spirit, you have my permission to change me. Amen. This podcast was made possible by supporters of Good News Ministries who hope to strengthen and build your faith. If this episode speaks to your heart, then I ask you to pass it along to your family and friends. Share it on Facebook and Twitter. Forward it by text and email. And let us know what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. How has this episode made a difference? You can contact me through the Good News Ministries website at gnm.org or by texting me if you are one of our subscribers on WhatsApp. May I ask a favor of you? Please cover this life-changing podcast ministry in your daily prayers. And if you can, help me continue making these podcasts by becoming a sponsor. Any donation is helpful, but we are especially seeking sponsors for upcoming episodes. You've been listening to Terry Modica of Good News Ministries. For more faith builders or to learn more about this ministry, come visit our website at gnm.org. You'll find online resources and lots more to help you know the Father's love and grow closer to Christ and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Visit gnm.org today.